0: Welcome to Niner Die Hard Trivia, where the listeners bring the questions. Think you know everything about your Charlotte 49ers? Now it's time to test that knowledge. Today's fan question is brought to you by listener Alan Farmer. The question is, which Charlotte 49er played for the Harlem Globetrotters? I'll reveal the winner and answer in our next podcast episode. To submit your answer, tag the podcast on Twitter along with the hashtag #InsideTheMine. Now... On to today's episode. Welcome to Info Nugget. My name is Drew Fitzgerald here to bring you commentary of all things Charlotte 49ers. Today I have with me Cameron Williams. He's the writer for the Charlotte Observer. He writes for Agent 49 and he's also the podcast host for 49er Basketball Podcast on ESPN Charlotte, 730 The Game. Welcome to the show today, Cameron. I appreciate you being here.
1: It's always good to uh, chat it up with some fellow 49ers. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about today, so I'll let you go ahead and uh, jump right in.
0: Yeah. So uh, today we all learned that Bryce Williams and Ali Khalifa are transferring or they're in the transfer portal, which could mean a plethora of things. Ali Khalifa so far has given us a little social media message in which he uh, stated that he enjoyed his time at Charlotte and he uh, will be entering the transfer portal initially. We don't know what's gonna happen. I, I assume with Ali Khalifa's message that means he's definite. He's sure he's leaving the university, but that can mean a multitude of things. Fans are obviously taking it every which way. Cameron, what's your initial reaction on this?
1: I was kind of shocking. Um, I'm just scrolling through Twitter and I get a get an update from portal or I guess like portal news or something like that. And it said Ali's going to the portal. So I texted, you know, my source and he's like that is official. And he also at that same time gave me the news that Bryce was also uh, planning to enter his name in the portal. So yeah, it's just a rough day for Charlotte basketball. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see where things go from here. Um, fan reactions were were quite the uh, quite the thing to behold.
0: Yeah. And, and I think fans are very upset at this. Bryce and Ollie are probably arguably probably the best two players on the team or two most impactful. I me word to like that. Um, So this is, this is a huge loss for the Niners. And I think that the transfer portal has claimed a lot from Charlotte, especially players like Jameer young, but, you know, react, you know, my reaction to this is I saw it coming, especially with Bryce Williams. I think Khalifa got me off guard a little bit, but Bryce Williams, I I I've always saw it coming. There was always the argument that his father uh, was a Charlotte great. And so that's why he uh, wouldn't transfer You know, I never really bought into that. I could see him ending up at a place like Carolina or a big basketball school as a a combo guard, you know, after this year and after the amazing performances he gave, I never ruled that off the table. Uh, But Khalifa was a huge surprise to me. But that's the nature of the game at least from what we've witnessed in the last few years. A lot of the teams in the final four are either loyal to their program or they're a bunch of transfers on one team. We've seen some instances in college football, basketball, and all types of sports that that's effective, uh, but others where it's not. So there's no telling where these two end up, but I'm sure they're destined for a power five team one way or another.
1: You hit hit the nail on the head. Um, I did hear that this they're they're not planning on moving laterally. they're definitely planning on going up um a level, so wherever that may be is uh kind of up in the air still but you know, i I don't want to say it was a shock, but from everything i've heard his his family really wanted him to stay at charlotte so this this had to be a you know personal decision you know completely coming from himself um with no outside like i guess interference so yeah, but Ali was quite the shock to me as well. Like uh like you said, with him having such a close relationship with uh Jackson Threadgill, this one kind of kind of threw me. But um well, yeah, you know, we'll see where they end up. I mean, just cause you enter the transport portal doesn't necessarily mean you can't come back. I mean, it is kind of it, it's odd to enter the portal and then come back because then there's there could be some tension as far as you know, just with teammates and stuff, like oh, you didn't want to be here and now because you couldn't go to the school you wanted to. Now you want to be here. So we'll see how that all pans out.
0: Yeah. And I know a lot of fans have been quick to can jump on the bandwagon of, oh, uh, well, uh, you know, Mike Hill and, and coach Sanchez, they couldn't keep these players. UNC Charlotte's a farm school. You know, we can't. So there's a lot of that reaction. And obviously all of us are, are upset to see these players in the transfer portal. We want them to stay and be at the university, but to kind of counter that essentially I don't know what they expect. If if that's if that's my take on it, if we're a farm school, then what are programs like Missouri State, uh, where we got wasn't it Missouri State where we got uh, Lakai Patterson?
1: Uh, yeah, Lakai. Yep. And yeah, then Tarleton and, or, State. Tarleton, like Tar- yeah,
0: Tarleton where we got Gibson. You know, to us, those are far almost like farm schools to us in in a way, and so. You, you've you seen this a lot and kind of transitioning to what we think about the transfer portal. This is the pattern that we've seen over the past few years is that uh-huh. these smaller schools, they get transfers that, that kind of rise up. And we have people from these smaller mid-majors going to larger mid-majors and in larger mid-majors, they go to the power five. We see that in football as well. And so, this is a part of the game you have to adapt to now, now that NIL is a thing, there's really no avoiding it. And I think, uh, you know, over the past few years, coach coach Sanchez has, has had great success in the transfer portal. And he's also had some missed opportunities. Uh, But I think those two pickups from last year, Gibson and and Patterson uh, and uh, yeah, they were just great additions to the team. Uh, I'm Aldridge too, uh, from upstate. These were some great additions to the team that I thought, he really worked the Porter well, but remember he had a lot of people coming back, including Bryce Williams. Khalifa was entering his sophomore year. So he already had those pieces. Now we're left with no center, <laughs> we have no, we have no centers, uh, other than Igor, who is our only f- forward, I guess, cause Bryce left. And, and so he's our only big man left. So he's going to have to really work it this year. And that's what fans were really talking about.
1: Yeah, and then he's not a true five. I mean, neither is a uh, Rich Rolf. Um, he was a redshirt freshman this year. And neither of them. I mean, they're both stretch fours that can really, sh- you know, stretch the floor and shoot the three. So, <laughs> Ron's got his work cut out for him. Um, it's safe to say that his. His job for next year is safe after winning the CBI and all that. But you know, just the age of the transport portal is it's hard for coaches. We talked yesterday with Ron about how just it's really tough to have to recruit your own players. You know, that's something five to ten years ago you'd never have to even work really less than that. Uh you'd never have to worry about having to recruit the guys on your own roster. Um, unless it was just because they were wanting to go to the NBA draft. So
0: yeah, and it's a really sticky situation because the portal's complex. It's not just about having a, a defined program. Uh, we saw at Chapel Hill, they had Caleb Love leave, and that's such an established program. They have great, they have obviously the funds to back NIL, and they have a whole fleshed out program. But, you know, he even had incentive to leave and find better opportunity. So I think what I just want reiterate, to reiterate, reiterate to Charlotte fans is that, Number 1 these two are in the portal. Nothing has happened yet. I mean we can kind of assume something will happen. But you know we haven't worked ourselves through the portal. We haven't finished recruiting yet and um I think that this this aspect of college basketball isn't something that this university can control and I think that as we continue to move towards the future we're going to just see more of it and more of it uh, especially with the players.
1: Yeah. Um just to kind of echo that yeah. It's so early in the, the just the whole transfer portal process. I mean, there's still gonna be hundreds of names to enter. Um, yeah. I, mean, I think I saw yesterday like
0: like the- yesterday, like two thousand. There's like two thousand and yeah. it'd been like two days, open for like two days. Exactly. That's nuts. So yeah.
1: It's just gonna I mean there's gonna be tons of names flowing through there and as unfortunate as it is for the programs that lose these guys, I mean, that's other opportunities for programs like Charlotte to pick them up. I mean, uh, Western Kentucky's big man. He entered today and um, they're already saying that Missouri is a favorite to land him. So we will see what Charlotte Charlotte can do. Um, Definitely areas of emphasis are, you know, the five spot, um, maybe that three spot that Bryce, you know, filled, but as far as the, uh, the backcourt's concern, concerned. Um, Lekai and Isaiah Falls kind of have that locked down, and from what I've heard, they both plan on returning.
0: Yeah, and I like that point you made about Jamarian Sharp out of Western Kentucky. He's he's been CUSA Defensive Player of the Year for two years, and he now decides to leave the program. Even though Western Kentucky kind of had a disappointing year, uh, you know this UAB and North Texas team. We're going to see some people from their team enter the transfer portal. I foresee, I foresee that happening as they enter the NIT FAU. I, I think they're all staying where they are because they made that final full run. But I think to the extent to, 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 to kind of respond to Charlotte fans, it doesn't matter if we, if we made the NIT, these players could still have the possibility of leaving. And I think that this program obviously has a lot of room to grow. And I do agree with some of the fans uh, gripes, but I think it's kind of unrealistic to, to unrealistic to expect our stars every year to constantly stay. It's just part of the game. And that's just what's going to happen.
1: So and fans fans arguments are things like, well, isn't it the coach's job to, you know, build a culture that players want to stay and play under? Well, yeah, but that's just like you said, it's not realistic. Not, not in the day of the transfer portal. Is that realistic anymore? Um, you got like you said, you made the example of Caleb Love. You got guys leaving Chapel Hill, a team that's won six national titles, and Buku's a final fours to go and pursue money and other opportunities elsewhere. As so I mean, a program like Charlotte, who has had past success, yeah, but it is still gonna happen, it's still gonna happen yeah. anywhere.
0: And you have it's two sides of that coin you have uh Tobin Anderson, who won with Farley Dickinson, a lot of his guys were transferred from Division Two, but. You know, he got, he kind of worked the portal and with his, with his influence as a coach, he got, he got to bring his players up. But we're going to see a lot of people from the tournament who were in the, in the NCAA tournament, we're already seeing it, who were with their coach. They trusted the process and then they got in the tournament and then they realized, hey, I think I would succeed somewhere else. And so that's, that's what I think we're going to see. And I think that while it's disappointing, uh, you know, you could be like a Biff Pogey and you could work the transfer portal uh, now that it's a, a reality. And he's done
1: it very well so far.
0: <laughs> so far, yeah, we haven't seen a down of football played, but from what we've seen, the recruits that he's brought in—they're nothing like Charlotte footballs ever seen before.
1: So I did see a little bit of practice this morning. Um, the teams—they're—they're they're, they're looking bigger, the, the offensive and defensive line. They're—they're they're looking really strong. I can say that.
0: Yeah, and there's so many different factors. We'll, we'll talk about it later about Charlotte transitioning to the American, but there's so many factors that go into that because there's so many aspects we don't know yet. But before we touch on that. The CBI tournament. What is, what are your uh, thoughts on it? What do you think about the the championship win? How do you think it helped the program? How do you think it was executed? What you, what's your take on it? Well, I
1: thought winning it was huge, but then you know, if just a few days later, you lose your best players from you know a comp, uh, from a tournament win. I think ultimately it's good for the program to say, okay, well, we can win when the players are bought in and play together, but. Man, it's just, it's, it's really left a sour taste in 49er faithful's mouth because you win that tournament and you end the season on a high note, but now it's like, okay, well, now there's, there's no hope for the future. <laughs> so well, I'd love to hear what you think about that.
0: Yeah. So I think, I think entering the CBI tournament, I'm not sure if that was an incentive by the American conference because we saw all the, all the teams except UTSA who wasn't, wasn't going to go anywhere. They all entered the uh, uh, the uh, a postseason tournament. I think it was a really an uh, excuse. My French. I think it was a big nuts a, a big a, you gotta have you got to be macho to make that move. It, it you had big big nuts to make that move because um, no. I thought Mike Mike Hill and Coach Sanchez had a big because it, they knew if they lost that CBI tournament, the fans would have rioted. You know, I think I think the fans it did it anyway. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, we did have some fans, obviously, like, don't hang the banner or whatever. Um, and, you know, I, I, I can understand the perspective they're coming from. A lot of these fans have seen Charlotte go to tournaments back-to-back-to-back to back to back years. But it takes some, like, huge mojo to 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 make that call. And I think that that was a really huge decision, and they needed to execute. Because if they lost, even in the championship, that there would have been... I couldn't even imagine a riot on Charlotte's campus uh, to remove Sanchez, to remove Mike Hill. And I think that they made a really tough call. And I think it really paid off dividends, not, not just in a sense of, Oh, well, you have 20 wins or whatever. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. That's nice. But I think the exposure that came from it from ESPN two, from all the moment that we won that we got so much attention and we got so much. Obviously the USA is getting a lot of, attention and and celebration on the internet. And I think that that was such a big, big, bold move and it really paid off. Does it mean, does does the CBI mean much? I mean, yeah, we beat some mid major teams, but I think that the fans and especially the team knows we can beat better opponents. And that's what we're aiming for when we enter the American conference. I think it's better than nothing. And I think that that was much needed. It it, it was a really, really, it's, it's like it's like when you're when you're in in a house full of that's burning down, but you're opening a window and you're letting some of the smoke out. And I think that that was kind of the it was rejuvenating the program because for a long time, the program didn't have I'm going to got to find a way to talk myself out of this one because I just compared Charlotte's program to a burning house. But it, I guess what I'm saying is it, ga- it sparked some hope. In in the program that was missing for a lot of years when we didn't attend postseason tournaments and we weren't winning twenty games a season, and it brought a lot of momentum. This transfer portal news took a lot out of it, but I think it's it's the right direction and the right start. Really, a big boost, and that's what they really needed.
1: I mean, I think uh, some fans will appreciate that metaphor because uh, it was it was spot on for some of the things that I've heard by uh, some of our fans, but. It, it's, it's like you said it's good exposure and one thing coach sanchez is constantly reiterating anytime you're one of three teams that gets to end on a win it your name's out there and you're, you're like okay well some of these mid-major programs might you know if a player from them are looking to move you know to a different school in the transfer portal, they might like oh Charlotte won this CBI tournament. Let me go check out them. They might put in a call to Ron. And if the player fits the the Charlotte mold, then you might find your next big man. But it's all, it's it all work itself out, I think. But, um, yeah, I think overall the CBI was a good thing. I think playing in it was, was good for the team. And, you know, we'll just see, well, what they can build on from here.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, that's a that's a amazing point about how it brought awareness, it brought transfers kind of closer to Charlotte. Now people have seen Charlotte w- ended on a positive note; they were able to win through this tournament, and I think that that definitely it's not going to hurt having more transfers yeah. check out your school. So that's I think that that it was a, it was a really great call, and I know a lot of people are saying, "Well, pay to play," whatever. And, and and like Co Sanchez mentioned on your podcast episode yesterday, we got money from it. I mean, like we didn't. It's not mm-hmm. like we we had a nice little trophy and money from it, and we got social media exposure. We got ESPN two exposure. We got some material for the, for the recruits. And I think that it's a step in the right direction towards getting the program back on track as it used to be in the glory days.
1: It's not the immediate success that the fans want, but it is, a like you said, a step in the right direction, getting us back to a point where we can be competitive for NIT berth, for NCAA tournament berth. When you go to the American Conference, if you can compete amongst the top three schools in the American, you've got a shot at being in the NCAA tournament. Now, where Charlotte has to go from here is get to the point where they can compete in the top three of the American, because that's not—you got Memphis, when you got North Texas, when you got FAU and UAB—that's a gauntlet. I mean, to put it bluntly, I mean those yeah, are. But, go ahead.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the CUSA. They're fifteen and one in postseason tournament play we i think, as fans uh as the media and and from everybody outside looking in, we were giving the Niners a lot of flack for these close conference u s a games looking back the i you know i I may argue that the c u s a was one of the strongest, if not the strongest basketball conference this year, and i think in in retrospect not Charlotte did really really well considering their they out of their in conference play uh What's your take on it?
1: I think it's definitely a stronger uh, group of five conference. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put it up there with the likes of the, the SEC or the Big Twelve or you know, conferences like that. But it was definitely a tougher conference than what people thought going in. Um when you have two teams that are in the NIT semis tonight, as well as Charlotte having won the CBI, and then you got a team out of nowhere as a nine seed in the final four. Yeah, it was it was a pretty stout conference.
0: Yeah. And, and I, and moving into the American conference next year, I think that that may bring in some talks among the selection committee of we need to bring, you know, instead of bringing two American teams, we may need to consider bringing three or four in comparison Mm -hmm. to what, how much, how many selections the mountain West got this year. I think after, after this year, that's definitely going to weigh in. And as we've seen the transfer portal has opened the opportunity for Smaller power five schools or kind of weaker in basketball power five schools to make runs in the tournament. We saw all the number one seeds got obliterated. And wow, that may be a, a cause because of kind of the selection committee's poor job of an, uh, analyzing teams or however you want to frame it. Still, these teams that you don't normally see or who didn't have an uh, incredible regular season are making these runs in the tournament with a majority of players that are from the transfer portal. So definitely something to keep your eye on.
1: Think about this: Before the American was split up again, when the when the Big East initially split and sent some of their teams to the ACC, some of them to the what was you know the new formed American Conference at the time. You know you had UConn in there, you had several big programs, and then once they split off, you know Houston was still in there, and obviously they're going to be leaving after this year. But it was a conference that has a tradition of winning. And going to that conference is only going to be able to boost recruiting. It's only going to be able to boost, you know, TV revenue. So we'll see where it goes. Um, if if Charlotte can, if Coach Sanchez can bring in the right players over the off season via the portal, via you know, high school, or whatever, we'll see where things can go.
0: So moving on to American play. Who are we going to need? What positions do you think we're going to need in this team? What personnel do you think we need to make now that we know we may not have Khalifa or Williams in the lineup next year?
1: i definitely address the five considering we do not have a center on the roster now, uh, period. Now that Josh Aldrich is out of eligibility and Ali is in the portal, uh, that leaves a big goose egg in the center position. Um, that would be the number one spot that you're going to need to address. Um the Ford spot, I believe Robert Braswell has another year. He missed a good portion of the latter part of the season with a hand injury. Um, what about jallo to, is
0: is, is jallo still gonna he has
1: i mean he can use another year from what everything I understand he's uh, sought out another medical red shirt with uh with his injury that you know, constantly seems to plague him. Um, so he'll be going for his like third degree now, but, yeah. um, he can still play. Uh, and I mean, he played good minutes a season ago for Charlotte and he really, really provided a spark on defense, but, uh, the five and then maybe I don't really know if they need a lot of guards right now with Zay and Lakai coming back, you got Dalen Berry and Nick Graves. And obviously you know, none Hill. of these guys have said they're yeah, Jackson, he he can play that combo two, three spot. So right now, just the the big question marks the center position.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think one of this one thing that this team needed, even even with a full roster, was we were really missing these power bigs. Um, especially an essential part of the Princeton offense is having that that's that big man or, or center controlling, uh, like we had with Ali. I think it's gonna be hard to find another point center. I don't know if we will, yeah. but you know, I do think it's possible to find a, a center that can at least try to replicate what Khalifa did. Not even, I don't think he'll ever match up, but I think we will find somebody who, who may be a good good shooting big, but we really need that inside. We need rebounders, and I think that's the one thing, thing that the team struggled with this year is we would see a lot of three-point shots and them just running back to get set on defense. I, I think that we need to, Really scour the 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 transfer portal, and uh, if we can sk- to continue to do any recruiting for the years to come, get those bigs in because that's something that the teams lacked for a few years.
1: It's going to be hard to find a passer, um, a, a willing passer like Ali. But yeah, you know, there's there's plenty of good shooting big men out there nowadays. I mean, just that's just the modern game. I mean, we are long removed from the Shaquille O'Neal era where everything's a back down and dunk on you type game. I mean, Joel Embiid, he can pull and Jokic as well. Can they both pull up from like twenty four feet and just nail a three and transition? So it's it's the modern era. There's plenty of big men that have developed their shot. Um, but it's gonna be hard to find that passer um out of the post. So yeah, you know, it might be a you yep. know, Reevaluation of how Sanchez is going to implement his offense. I mean, we might not be able to pass out of the post to threes. We might have to work it outside to end, which has not been done often, um, at least under coach Sanchez.
0: So, so that's, that's one thing I want to leave on is obviously you talked to coach Sanchez yesterday and as we move into next season, do you think that this next season could be his make or break year? If he doesn't, if if the team doesn't, you know, gain any more uh, conference spots, if they continue to remain uh, kind of towards the bottom of the American conference or, or fall below that cut line, do you think that his job will be in jeopardy? And do you think he has to worry about that? Cause there's been a lot of fans that have been upset with him, but do you think that's a possibility and what are some things that you think he needs to do to, you know, make sure his job's intact? Um.
1: It, yeah, I'll tread lightly on this, but uh, I, I think it is a make-or-break year. Um, I like Ron a lot. I mean, we've talked a lot over the last three years. I've covered the team. He's a phenomenal guy, um, you know, and I hate to see him go. But at the same time, results—you know—everything's a results-driven society. If you're not producing wins, if you're not producing results, moving up the conference ladder, even moving into a harder conference, it's—it's it's time. I mean, this will be year six. Um, and, I, and I really hope he can turn things around. Like I said, I mean, he's a phenomenal guy. He's got good coaching philosophy. I think his his method of trying to build a culture is something that a lot of coaches don't really value. Because um, when he came in, I mean, the culture at Charlotte was atrocious. I mean, you had poor player camaraderie. I mean, I've said this multiple times. There was poor player camaraderie. There was poor player coach camaraderie. And so... He has this finally established. I mean, and Bryce even said it, which is ironic as it sounds with him entering the portal, but he even said after the CBI win that, you know, they built a culture now that can last. And it, to get for what it's worth coming from a player who's entering the portal, but at the same time, it's proven that Ron can build a team around one common goal. And now it's just all about achieving that goal. So, yeah, it, it's a make or break year, but I think if he does... If he gets some players from the portal, that can help him. And if he finishes top three, maybe even if he can finish top two in the American next year, which is a huge stretch based on what we've just lost, um, he could maybe get another year or two. But it's going to be very tough.
0: Yeah, and I just want to point out that during uh, Coach Sanchez's tenure, he had to deal with covid uh, he had to deal with NIL then being introduced, the transfer portal becoming big. And I think the, those are two significant periods that fans overlook. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he needs to perform well next year? Do I think if if he does fall to the bottom of the conference. Yeah, he's in trouble. But I do think that he's been able to work the transfer portal really well in the last couple of years, specifically last year, uh, to get Lakai Patterson and uh, Montre Gibson. I mean, those are really, really good pieces that I don't know how we got. And he got some really good, good uh, culture fits. I think that uh, Patterson, obviously, I think is going to stay of uh, folks was a great recruit. Uh, so I think his recruit, I think his recruiting, and I think his work in the transfer portal is super underrated. I think the one thing that he needs to uh, fix next year is in those close game situations, he needs to prevent those because there was a lot of games this season that were close. And I understand, you know, we saw in, in the CBI championship, the Niners were up by 20. And I think that, this style of basketball I, I, It's not a gripe towards coach Sanchez at all. This is I have a gripe with, with uh, Virginia's, uh, you know, how Virginia <laughs> operates. I hate it. I hate it because I, I think the defense, that defensive concept, I hate the Princeton <laughs> offense. I love that defensive concept. And I think the Princeton offense works, but I think you need to up tempo and you need to let, you know, when, when teams are, when you're up by 20, you need to step on that team's neck and make sure they don't come back. Um, And I think, I think that, you know, sometimes that, that slow tempo can be the death, you know, some glorious wins that could have could have had you know if you face a team that's shooting well and and you and and you give them the opportunity to come back in a game a game that you thought was put away is not going to get put away so i I think that, you know, moving towards the future, he needs to kind of prevent those scenarios. And especially when your team goes on some eight minute scoreless runs, you need to make some changes, but, but I do think that he has, that he, he'll be able to find his way. And I think that uh, next year will tell us a lot about um, where Charlotte can go towards the future and curious to see how he'll continue. And I'm rooting for him.
1: I think uh, when it comes to the portal, he needs to start recruiting more, um, maybe red shirt, sophomore type guys. Um, He's, he did that with Lakai, but in the past, he's done a lot of grad transfers, the Austin Butler route, the Montre Gibson. I'm not saying these guys weren't key contributors, but if you're trying to build a team that's going to last and have these players for more than one year, you know they've only got one year of eligibility left. So as, as almost bad as it sounds, let's not waste a roster spot on a guy that's just going to be there one year and they can't have any more. Yeah. At least that's my, that's my viewpoint
0: of it. No, no, I think that's a good, that's a good take. So, yeah. So uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Cam, do you have anything you want to plug anything you want to say before uh, I wrap up the show here?
1: No, man. I mean, just, you know, thanks again for having me. Um, if you have not listened to our last episode with uh, coach Sanchez, go do that. It's uh <laughs> it's very ironic with the news that came out uh, today, but um, yeah, we're going to hope to continue that podcast. maybe, Maybe get a little kickback from it next year because it has gotten a good response this year, um, as has this one. And it's, uh, it's good to have you on our podcast from time to time as well as jumping hop it on here from time to time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love giving my takes and I um, you know, love listening to you guys every week. So uh, I'm going to put that podcast link in the description. So if anybody listening right now wants to check it out, uh, feel free. It'll be in this uh, podcast description. Well... Thanks for listening to our episode today. Remember, Niners wear green on Wednesday, and they also listen to the Inside the Mind podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Inside the Mind. Hit that follow button to stay updated on all things Niner Nation. You can find me on Twitter at InsideTheMind49 and on Instagram at Drew underscore Fitzgerald. As always, picks up and roll Niners.